I was talking to someone uh, the other day who was telling me one of their uh, sat-nav disaster stories. And uh, what they said was uh, they put in, uh, as you do, uh, the wrong location, uh, but they didn't realise it was the wrong location, and they were supposed to be travelling in the London direction, and uh, it was a dark night, and for some reason they didn't obviously see any of the road signs, uh, but they drove two hours in the wrong direction towards Cornwall. Um, I'm not even sure that's even possible, but, um, you know, you you would guess, wouldn't you, when kind of Plymouth arrived or Bodmin or something, that that London was in the other... Anyway, um, we're talking uh, this morning about God guiding us, and this morning we're thinking about listening to the Holy Spirit, the guide. Um, Let me share with you just a couple of... Uh, stories about God uh, guiding me, and I'm sure you've got your own as well. I can remember growing up when I was in Exeter and uh, getting really clear instructions almost that I was to go onto the other side of Exeter and give something to someone. Now, I didn't know that's where they were going to be, uh, but when I got there, thankfully they were there. A similar thing happened uh, in about 2004, 2005 um, in Canterbury, where uh, I the Holy Spirit gave me a nudge to go and buy a Bible for someone and told me where they were going to be. So I went and gave it to them. I've seen God guide me on some of the big stuff uh, and some of the little stuff, and I'm sure you have as well. I've I've experienced him guiding me on jobs and uh, the kind of work that I was to do, but also uh, sometimes uh, the jobs that I was going to do as well, but also the struggle of getting it wrong or thinking that you're mishearing. There was one particular job about uh, 10 years ago that I was hanging out for for getting and I was really sure both Meg and I were that this was where God was leading us and we waited and waited and then the job came up and we went up for interview and I walked into the interview room and within 30 seconds I knew that it was not going to happen and you then kind of try and process the last four years and you realise that God has been guiding you, uh, but it's been directional rather than about destination. Or maybe you just have those moments where you know he's with you. Well, this morning as we uh, think about this, what I've just given you is essentially the summary of the talk when I put the term card together of what I thought this talk would be. But in the preparation... um, I I think there's something else that I want to share with you, so I I hope that's okay. I mean, you didn't know what I was going to preach today, but you're getting something different anyway. I I mean, if you're not all right with that, well, it's kind of tough, because that's what I'm going to do. Um, In this passage in John chapter 16, Jesus says, I've got much more for you than you are able to bear. He's got much more to say to the disciples, and therefore then us, than we are able to bear. And as I was looking at this few sets of verses, I I, I started to look at something else, which was, hang on, how, how is it that we approach guidance and God guiding us? And so I want, if you, if that's okay, it is okay, uh, that we're going to go on a journey and I'm going to try uh, 
to preach the whole of John's Gospel in summary form, and I've done pictures uh, because I think there's something much, much bigger for us to get hold of. Um, so the first thing is this, is that God the Father pre-exists everything. But there's this other part of God which also pre-exists. The Word is how John's Gospel puts it, or the Divine Logos, or as I said at a rather interesting funeral recently, the Divine Wisdom of the whole of the universe. You can guess what kind of funeral it was, but the language helped. That's how John's Gospel begins, is this kind of cosmic opening. The whole thing is massive and huge, and God was there, And there's also this other part of God, the Word, the Logos. And it says that this Logos, this Word, was with God and that he was God. Both with and was. Well, that's a head flip anyway, isn't it? Um, And it says that through this Word, this Logos, everything that has been made was made. So this divine wisdom that is God and is also with God and everything gets made through him. And then, that's the world, that was for the last comment. Uh, And then Jesus comes. This word becomes flesh. The person of Jesus Christ. And he is full of grace and truth. This is the first mention of truth in John's Gospel. So the Father, the Word, the Word becomes flesh, Jesus, and this Jesus is full of grace and truth. But then it says in, and I can put all these verses on the website if you want, in John chapter 1 verse 17, that the law was from Moses, but grace and truth comes from Jesus. The law was from Moses, but grace and truth comes from Jesus. So he is full of grace and truth, but he brings grace and truth into the world with him. John chapter 3, verse 21. Whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. Whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. Jesus is the truth, and whoever lives by him comes into the light. You know, it's why in the slightly poor illustration at the front, why I came and took Poppy's blindfold off. When you follow Jesus, you're not in the dark anymore. He comes and he he opens things, so you're in the light. This next bit I really wrestled with, because I was kind of like... Is this really saying what, what, what I think it's saying? And, and, and I mean, it's the word of God, so it says what it says. Uh, John chapter 3, verse 33, it says that anyone who accepts the testimony certifies that God is the truth. Anyone who accepts who Jesus is and what he's done, that he is the truth, anyone who accepts that certifies that he is the truth. I don't know whether you've ever had to have a, a document uh, stamped, which reminds me, there's one of you, some of you here for whom I haven't done a passport form, but I will. Um, 
you have that little moment where you go, sorry folks, it's, it's on the list. Uh, you have those little moments where you, where you've got a, you've got a, a document signed off to say, this is, this is real. This is what it says it is. When you believe Jesus, you are certifying that he is the truth. And our response, our response according to John chapter 4, 23 and 24, is that we are to worship in spirit and in truth. Not just full of the Holy Spirit, but also full of truth. You know, it's no... Our worship of Jesus is no good, frankly, if what we do is actually we go out and we worship the grass and the trees. And we do it in Jesus' name. Genesis is really clear. Don't worship the stuff that's been made. Worship the stuff, worship the person that made it. Yeah? We're to worship in spirit and in truth. I love this bit. Jesus is having this uh, wonderful conversation with a bunch of people and they're having a little bit of a ruck and they're challenging him as, uh, as they do. Uh, but he then kind of comes back with all this great stuff. John uh, chapter 8 verse 32. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. When you know the truth then the truth sets you free and then a little bit later on it's got this really interesting line so if the sun sets you free you will be free indeed I mean it's slightly cranky language isn't it even though it's the NIV it's supposed to be up to date you will be free indeed also this just sounds weird to me but the point is is that so the truth will set you free But if the sun sets you free, you will actually be free. You see, the truth and the sun, Jesus, they're one and the same. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. This is how we're supposed to live. In freedom. Not freedom where we just kind of where we're at the centre of the universe and we can do what we like with who we like, but freedom with who God has made us to be. Freedom with who God has made us to be in relationship with him. And then in John chapter 14 it says this, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He doesn't just say, I'm a bit like the truth. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he doesn't say, do you know what? If you want to go by another route, that is absolutely fine. What he says is, there's no other way to get to the Father except through me. Folks, people would have us water down our Christian faith so that it becomes much more palatable. People would have us just believe in uh, a nice, tidy, generic God who doesn't interfere much and doesn't actually want to, doesn't want to be with you and doesn't want to, uh, doesn't want to change the way that you live life. Or people would have us believe in a divine being who's distant somewhere and that we might connect with this 
divine being through smoking weed or crystals or whatever it might be. I don't know what your bag is. But, uh, you know, it's not about any of that stuff. That, that is not even... That is not even a half measure of the Christian faith. It's not the Christian faith. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I said this the other week. What do we think we mean? he means by that? I think he means that no one comes to the Father except through him. So we've got God, God the Father... We've got the, the Word, the divine wisdom of the universe, but we know Him because He becomes flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. He is full of grace and truth and He brings grace and truth to the planet. When we choose to acknowledge Him, we live in light and freedom. And we get to certify that he is who he says he is. He's the truth. And he says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the proper response is to worship him in spirit and in truth. But then we come to the run-up to today's passage. John chapter 14, verse 7, where John introduces, or Jesus rather introduces, this idea of the spirit of truth. And what he says is that Jesus says, you know him because he's with you and he will be in you. You see, Pentecost at this point has not yet happened. I mean, it's coming. I mean, it happened on the 9th of June, apparently. No, it didn't. Uh... If you want to know why it moves around every year, by the way, it's because the date of Easter is tied into uh, the cycles of the moon, so that everyone... I don't know, anyway. Holy Spirit, the Pentecost has happened, okay? Uh, We don't have to wait until the 9th of June. Um, But for the disciples, Pentecost hadn't happened. So Jesus says, the Spirit, the Advocate, the Spirit of Truth will come says, you know him already because he is with you and he will be in you. John chapter 16 verse 13. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. He won't speak on his own. He'll only speak what he hears the Father saying. What he hears Jesus saying. He will, this is what it says, he will tell you what's to come. You know, I I, I sat in my office as a young curate and, you know, even even those of us who stand up here, we, we have to learn how to pray. Okay? And we get, you know, we get fuzzy and then we have to learn again, okay? And I'm a constant cycle of trying to relearn. And at this point, I was, I was, I was kind of trying to relearn. And I sat in my office this morning, uh, that morning, and I knew that I was seeing a particular person later on that day. And I felt 
very clearly, the Holy Spirit warned me. I'm like, why are you warning me? This person is going to be fine. And this person wandered into my office and just proceeded to tear me apart. This was, this was not my boss. This was another clergyman, a retired clergyman. He should have known better. And it's the one and only time that I have verbally, not physically, verbally removed someone from my office. Because so I was like, I've been told about this this morning. I am not having it. Get out. <laughs> um, you know, it's terrible what we do to each other, isn't it? But you know, God is there. Even on those occasions, even on those occasions when it's tough, he will tell you what's to come. That, that's the best effort as I can do for a summary of the whole of John's Gospel in relation to truth. Uh, there's a few other verses that you might want to add to it. Uh, you might want to add in uh, John chapter 17, verse 17. Jesus is praying and he prays for people that they would be sanctified by the truth. Your word is truth. Now when you get a little verse like that, you need to go back and look up the word. Is the word the word or is it just a word? Because like, we don't have the original language version. We've got the English version, which has been translated by someone trying to make it make sense. So I went back and looked it up. And the word that Jesus is talking about is this word. It's the same one. Jesus is saying of himself that they'd be sanctified by the truth, which is interchangeable for Jesus. They are one and the same. And sanctified by the word... This word, which is the truth. You might want to add in John chapter 18, verse 23. Jesus says this, The reason I was born and came into the world was to testify to the truth. Everyone who is on the side of truth listens to me. Folks, if you want to know if someone's on the side of truth or not, are they listening to Jesus? If they're not, they are not on the side of truth. It's the litmus test. If they're not wanting to listen to Jesus, they're not on the side of truth. I don't don't mean that you can't be friends with them, that you can't work alongside them, that you can't love them and look after them, but you do need to know where you're at. Because there's a battle going on. And John's Gospel ends with this. The man who saw this, that's John, has given testimony. And his testimony is true. Not like interchangeable true, different sort of true. He knows and tells the truth. Why? So that you may believe. So folks, why have I, why, why have I gone all the way through all of that? Uh, the, the reason is this. I think that we live in a world where guidance has become personal. You know, you want advice from someone, you want to figure someone out, you go and see someone, you have a chat, you might do what they've said you, that you, you would be good for you to do or not, you're, maybe not because you you know, you've got freedom of choice. You might talk to five or ten people about what you should do and you get it figured out and then, and then you make the decision because you're an independent human being. You are the centre of your world. If you've got the sat nav, you know, we've all got them on our phones now, if you've got a smartphone, you know, you plug in where you want to go and you get tailored, individualized directions to get you from here to here. And if you're like me, you ignore them half the time. It's no best. What I think is, what I'm trying to say is this, is, is we approach guidance as, Holy Spirit, Lord, tell me the next step. 
I, I want to know how to do this thing. This. And what I want to do is raise the bar and say it's nothing to do with the next step. He might well show you the next step, but it has got nothing to do with that because God is huge. And this huge, almighty God that has made everything has taken the time and the trouble to come in person. Why? Because he wants to be with you and in you. So relax about the next step. You know, he's got it covered. (laughs) It's not that you shouldn't ask him about it. It's not that you shouldn't talk to him about it. Of course you should. He wants to guide you with the next step. But the next step's not the point. (laughs) That's not what this is for. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The way to what? Not the way to your next job. That's not it. I am the way to the Father. We get caught in His wonderful light and drawn into the presence of God the Father, fueled, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Do you know what this means? This means there is never a moment in your life where you need to be stressed and anxious and worried about the future. Not one. There is not a thing that you cannot handle, not because you can handle it, but because he's with you. And I don't mean that it won't be hard. I don't mean that you won't cry a lot along the way. That you might experience grief and hardship. What I mean is in the midst of all of that, you can be at peace. Because he's with you. You know, I do, I do believe that God speaks. I believe that the Holy Spirit is here right now. I believe that he loves to guide us. But let's, let's not cling on to the immediate present word, the next step. Let's hear him for those things, yes. But let's hear the bigger thing. That he's with us and that he's for us. That he's with us and that he's for us. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed.